Amen. I'm glad each and every one of you are here tonight. You can be seated. I'm going to read several passages of Scripture. I don't want you to have to stand up for all of that. <clears throat> but we'll start in Genesis chapter 12. I should have it already for the screen, so if you don't have it as quickly as we're reading it, that's okay. Genesis 12, verse 7 says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Go to Genesis 18 and 10. It says, And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also. And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore? Did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Going to 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, you can probably quote it. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. And Hebrews 11 and 1 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject 3D. 3D. Don't doubt destiny. Don't doubt destiny. Amen. Many of us, no doubt, we're familiar with the story of Abraham. We probably have our favorite portion of Scripture having to do with Abraham. But God called him out of a place that he was familiar with. He called him out of his homeland that he was comfortable being And God called him away into the unknown and told him, Abraham, I want you to go and leave with your family and go to a place that I will show you. And that's about the extent of all of the plan and and the map that he had given him is just go. Just go. Abraham, I'm calling you to leave with your family to a place I will show you, but just go. God tells him he was calling him to be a great father of many nations he was going to make him famous in the land and at this point in his life the bible says that abraham was 75 years young now i'm not 75 years old but i can imagine what it would be like for a 75 year old man to wake up one day and go tell his wife honey pack your bags we're leaving i don't know where we're going i don't know what's going to happen but it's time for us to get up and go I can only imagine what that must have been like for him. Pack your bags. We're leaving. We're, we're setting trail. We're going off into the sunset and burning daylight. But I don't know where we're going yet. Some of our family would have us admitted to a nursing home if we started talking like that just out of the clear blue one morning. But Romans 4 tells us he did not weaken in faith. Though he may have been older and he may have been tired and a little bit weary and he he may not have 
been able to do all the things that he used to could do. But the Bible says he did not weaken in faith. When he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old. Or, or, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promises of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. This is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. We all know that when you're looking at a 3D image, that the image there is pointless unless you have the glasses to go with it. Otherwise, you're trying, what you're trying to see will just be a distorted view of what really is there. If you don't have what it takes to look at the 3D image, then you're just going to frustrate yourself because it will be blurry. Your eyes will water and you won't be able to tell what's actually there. If any of you have ever looked at that, you know that it's true. You need the glasses and everything is blurred out. And, but oh, the joy on a kid's face when they put on those glasses. And now what once didn't make sense makes so much sense. And now it's coming to life and it's animated and it's lively and it's full of action. And it's actually coming to them and it's clearer. And they're, they're standing there and they're reaching out just trying to take hold of it because it has become so real to them. That it's coming to them and they feel like they can just reach out and grab that image. God had made Abraham and Sarah a promise. That Abraham would be a father of many nations. He promised Abraham a destiny of a dynasty. God told Abraham, I want you to take your family and go to a place that I will show you and give for you and your offspring. I will make you a father of many nations, your descendants as numerous as the stars. All of the people of the earth will be blessed through you. What a promise. What a promise to know that, that, that somehow God would find me and say, you know what, I appreciate you. I appreciate the faith that you have in me. I appreciate all that you've done in your faithfulness to the house of God and your prayer. And I want you to know not only are you going to be my friend, but I want you to know that I'm going to use you so that the entire earth from here on out will be blessed. So Abraham left with the belief that God would honor what he said. And believed in the destiny that God had in store for him. So he and his family left just as God had asked. While he could have sat back and said, well, you know, God, I've done some calculations and us moving just doesn't seem very realistic at this time in our lives. Well, God, I, I, I can have my bags packed by morning, but if I know my wife, it's going to take her a few days to pack. Because she's probably got a, a few more sandals than I do. So you're going to have to give us just a few more days. But the Bible says Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him. And Lot went with him and Abraham was 70 and 5 years old when he departed out of Haran. The Bible says and Abram took Sarah his wife and Lot his brother's son and all of their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. 
And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. From there we enter into Genesis 13. It says, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward, eastward and westward, for all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever. Once again, God is taking Abraham and he's saying, listen, I want to reaffirm my promise. I want to tell you again what is in store for you if you will just keep living the way that you're living. And I want to tell you not only is it going to be your seed, but I want you to know everywhere that you look from right here, north, south, east and west, wherever your eye can see, I will give it to you. He said, I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth. So that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. I don't know about you, but if God made a promise like that to me and he said, I want you to know that everywhere that you see, and everywhere that you can walk, as far as you can walk this way and as far as you can walk that way, I'm going to give it to you. I want you to know I'd be walking around like a crazy man talking to himself. This is mine. 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 This is, I'd be claiming all of the territory that I could possibly cover with my foot, with my feet, with my eyes. I'd be saying it's all mine. I'm claiming it. I'm claiming Friendswood. I'm claiming Webster. I'm claiming League City. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. Well, you can't have this. It's actually not for sale. It doesn't matter. He said, if my foot could walk on it and if I could see it, it belongs to me. Maybe I won't reap the benefits from it. Maybe I won't see all that God has in store for my efforts of outreaching. But one day there's going to come a place where, guess what, my kids may get to see it. Or my grandkids may get to see it. This church in 30, 40 years might get to see a harvest because of something I did. Because if I walked somewhere one day and said, this is mine. This belongs to God. This belongs to us. This is our territory. We're claiming it. I see it. I stepped on it. It's mine. Bible says that after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless? And the steward of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. In that moment of doubting, in that moment of questioning and saying, God, I just don't understand. I, I still haven't received that promise. I still haven't received that gift that you've told me. I, I still haven't received it. And God said, I want you to go out and I want you to look. And I'm going to remind you again of all that I'm going to give you. I'm going to tell you of all of the people that are going to be blessed because of you, Abraham. You're not even going to be able to number them. 
And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Abraham was a little weary. He, was getting, he wasn't getting any younger and he reminds God, I'm childless. I, ha- I have no one else here. I, I, my options are few and I'm sure as we do sometimes when it doesn't come on our timing, we begin to question God and wonder if he even hears God, have you forgotten how old I am? Have you forgotten how old my wife is? Have you forgotten how long we've been at Greater Life Church? Have you forgotten how long we've prayed this prayer? Has he left me here alone? Has he forgotten that I don't have any kids? Has he considered my options, which aren't much? But once again, God begins to remind him of his destiny. Don't doubt destiny, Abraham. Don't forget what I've promised you. Don't doubt in the darkness what I've promised you in the light. And Abraham believed in the Lord and he had faith in God. Then we continue on with the story. It says, now Sarah, Abram's wife, bear him no children. Each chapter just keeps putting this reminder in there. And it's almost that thing that you wake up to every morning. You just can't seem to get away from it. It's that constant reminder. God still hasn't given you that promise yet. God still hasn't given you that promise yet. Hey, that's the next chapter in your life. I want to remind you, God still hasn't done it. Uh, Oh, you're here again on a Wednesday night. That's great. But God still hasn't answered your prayers. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. She said unto Abraham, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened the voice of Sarah. And Hagar bare Abram a son. They called him Ishmael. So Sarah intervened and made sure Abraham could have a child one way or another. But this was not the plan of God. When you go against God's plan, though it may seem like your only option, and it may seem like a convenience to you, it will always come with a consequence. That decision will end up mocking your miracle. That Ishmael, he would taunt and and pester and do all he could to get inside Isaac's head. And just to think, had they stuck with the plan of God and had faith and just kept going on, never doubting the destiny that God had set in motion, oh, what a different world we might live in today. But the Bible says, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine... The Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. And I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Once again, God's just reaffirming that promise. And Abram fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee. And thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham. For a father of many nations I have made. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generations. For an everlasting covenant. To be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger. All of the land of Canaan. For an everlasting possession. And I will be their God. 
And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant therefore, thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. Then Abram fell upon his face and laughed. He doubted. He doubted the destiny that God is just constantly reaffirming and just... (laughs) That's funny. God, you don't know what situation we're in. You don't realize the season of life that we are in. We, we can't cross that road anymore. Perhaps if you would have found me here at Greater Life Church five years ago, then maybe. But now it's probably too late for that. If you would have caught my family three or four years ago in this storm in our life, perhaps you could have done something then. But now I just don't think that we're there anymore. The Bible says, And Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. But the other thing we tried, perhaps we can just go with that plan, God. We've already intervened and we've kind of already got this thing going here. Maybe you can just change your plan to my plan. Perhaps you could just work through here. God, I'm not doubting you and I'm not calling you a liar, but have you forgotten how old I am? I'm not a doctor or a scientist, but my wife is 80 years old right now and I'm 90 years old, and those are not very good odds. And besides, have you forgotten, we already rigged the system and worked it all out, and we have a son that we can use. And God said, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget and I will make him a great nation. God was saying, I know you went and tried to do your own thing here. And I know why you did it and I'm not too happy with you for it. But I'm going to go ahead and bless him anyways. Because Abraham, I'm promising you a legacy. I'm promising you something great that if you would just keep listening to my voice. If you would keep doing what you're doing and putting your faith in me. Then I promise you through these two boys, there's going to be more people than you can even number in the sky. There's going to be more than the sand of the sea. I'm going to bless each and every one of you. I'm going to let each and every one bring forth a great nation. Chapter 18, it says, And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. They, they began to talk about all that God was fixing to do. And they, they were talking about her having a son. And the Bible says that she heard them in the tent. And she kind of <laughs> oh, laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, I'm an old lady. I, I've already passed that road. There's no way that that's going to take place now. The Bible said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And at the time appointed, at that delivery date, at that moment that promise is coming, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. 
I don't care what you think. I don't care how much you doubt it. I don't care how much you try to run away from it. I've promised you. I'm not going to back down from my promise. I'm not going to change my mind on my promise. Well, you don't know what I've done. I've tried to do other things. That's all right. God promised you. Well, I've strayed away a little bit. That's all right. God promised you. God's made promises to each and every one of you. And you've tried to do your own thing and make it happen your own way. And you're worried that that's going to hinder what God's got in plan. But he's already promised it to you. Just keep having faith that you will see it. Don't doubt destiny. Even with all of the confusion and the age factor, the doubting and denial and the unbelief, I can only imagine the joy of Abraham and Sarah. Yet I'm sure their minds were full of questions that seemed to have no answers. But after all of the doubting, God said, Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return unto thee according to the times of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Laugh all you want, Sarah, but it's going to happen. Laugh all you want to, but it's going to happen. Don't doubt your destiny. And the Lord visited Sarah, as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah, as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son. In his old age, at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And from there we know that Abraham takes this young man and just cherishes him. In fact, the Bible says at one point that he was his only son. And the Bible says that he was going up the mountain and he was going to sacrifice. And once again... Abraham's faith would be tested and he would have another opportunity to doubt the destiny when God told him to put that destiny to death. And he lifted up his hand and the angel of the Lord caught his hand and he said, no, don't lay your hand upon the lad for now I know what faith. You see, it's easy to doubt when you can't see the whole picture. When it's just a blurred image and you can't get the whole picture, it's easy to doubt. It's easy to question God when faith is absent. When all you see is just a blurred image of what God is trying to show you. He's trying to paint this picture for you. For you to look at. For you to just reach out and take hold of. But if you don't have the faith to go with it. If you don't put action with your faith. It's nothing more than a blurred image that you'll never be able to obtain. You'll never see the full picture of what God is trying to do. You see, the Bible tells us every man is given a measure of faith. So we can't say, well, I don't have any faith. It's there, but, but life has a funny way of throwing a wet blanket on our faith and our, our zeal and our passion and our optimism. Because you see, we can believe God for the impossible. But as human beings, we have to be realistic, right? We have to look at life, and instead of just having faith in God to do something totally crazy, sometimes our human nature gets in the way, and we just say, well, I know that God's able, but I mean, look at the situation. I know that God's capable, but I mean, have you seen how old they are? I know you've said that revival is going to come through some elders, but will they be here that long? Is it, is, that, is it even going to be a possibility? Is that going to take place? God, 
God, I've, I've prayed for 500 people who've not been healed miraculously. And because of that, it puts a little doubt in your mind when you go to pray for number 501. God, I believe we can have a 300-soul revival, but it's going to be hard finding 300 people who want a Bible study. We, we become realist. We become logical. We try to think things through a little bit. But faith and logic are not very good friends. Rhyme and reason and faith are enemies. It's just not going to happen the way that you think it all out to be. And you know, okay, I've got this plan. I've got that's not faith. What God was trying to promise Abraham wasn't making much sense. And Abraham, in his human nature, and Sarah just kind of laughed it off. Well, God, I don't think you've seen everything. What God was telling him and Sarah sounded great in theory. It sounded like what they had wanted their whole life. God, it's what we've been praying for. And now you're telling me it's going to be true and you've waited too long to tell me. Where was this message at 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago? God, I I needed it then. Now you're bringing it up to me now. And they had always wanted kids, but maybe it just wasn't for them. Maybe God didn't want them to have children. Maybe Sarah even said that God had restrained her from having children. Listen, Sarah, God may be restraining you for this moment. He may be holding it back for this moment, but know that you're about to be holding that promise in your arms. That thing that God promised you, that destiny that was going to come forth, Abram. Sarah's about to hand that little boy over to you and you're going to get to hold him in your arms. You're going to get to watch him grow up. You're going to get to watch that promise grow right before your very eyes. Don't doubt destiny. Well, maybe we should come up with a plan B just in case God doesn't come through. Maybe we should try to intervene and help God out a little bit in case he takes too long. Well, when faith is present, there should not be a plan B. Faith is plan A, plan B, plan C. When faith didn't work A, we're going to try it again. When faith didn't work that time, we're going to try it again. Faith is all I've got and it's all that I need. And faith begins where possible ends. When possibilities become too large, that's where my faith needs to step in. They laughed because it was impossible. But faith was just beginning. If it's very possible, it doesn't require me to have much faith. But when you tell me it's impossible, then I either accept defeat or I try to have faith. If you tell me the surgery has a 99.9 success rate, I don't need much faith. You only gave me point one to worry about. I don't need much faith in that. And in those moments, it's really easy to have faith. It's amazing, isn't it? When you don't need faith, it's just easy to have. Well, it's 99.9%. Oh, I trust you. You're good. But when they come and say it's a 20% success rate, that's when I need faith the most, and it's when it's the hardest to have. But God, you haven't seen the x-rays I've seen. God, you haven't heard what the doctors are saying. You haven't heard all of the facts. Faith is something that we claim we have and we utilize, but I feel is a thing we resort to when all other plans have failed. I feel as though faith has become nothing more than a wishful hope that we pray off, hoping that it even leaves the building. 
You begin to look at the heroes of faith in chapter 11, and man, it just makes you feel pitiful about yourself. You're thinking, man, what am I doing with my life? These men, the Bible says, having never received the promise, only seeing them afar off, but died having faith. What men? I feel like the disciples sometimes who know who he is and know what he's capable of, but yet we're the ones he looks at and says, oh, ye of little faith. God, I think that you can. I hope that you can take care of my family when we leave our home and all we have known for some mysterious place we don't even know yet. My God, what would happen if we could really and truly have faith? Not just have faith, but walk in that faith. Abraham could have had all the faith in the world all day long. That God would take care of them when they left. But if he had stayed there with that faith, his faith would be meaningless. Because the Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. Hebrews 11 and 8 says, by faith. Everybody say, by faith. Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. Not just faith, but he put that faith into action and had some works. He obeyed. By faith, he obeyed. Faith without works is dead. And he went out not knowing whither he went. There may be times you don't know where you're going. You don't know how to deal with this new place that God has brought you to. Maybe he's brought you to a mountain. Maybe he's brought you to a valley. Maybe he's brought you to a doctor's office or a courtroom or a cemetery. But no matter where God has brought you, you cannot doubt the destiny that God has already promised you. It does not matter what place you are at. You must not lose faith. The Bible says that by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, when he was tired, when he was weak and weary, when he was tried, he offered up Isaac. And he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. I find it amazing that Hebrews wanted to go back and say, Let, let's remind you, this is the one that God told him all of his seed would come forth. And Abraham was willing to take that promise and put it on the line and say, Okay, God, I don't know what's going to happen here, but I've got faith. Somehow you're going to bring me through. Somehow you're going to make a way. The Bible says Abraham was saying, God, you told me that this son would be the one who helped my seed to go forth. So I know you have promised me a future and it's still the truth. So I have faith in you. But Abraham had faith before he ever even went on that mountain. For he told his servants, you stay here with the donkey. For the lad and I are going up to worship. And we will return to you. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what's going to take place while I'm up there. I know that I've got an agenda and I've got something that I'm supposed to do. But all I know is that I've got faith that God somehow, some crazy way, he's done it before. He'll do it again. And I'm going to go up there with this young boy and we're going to go up there and we're going to worship God. And somehow we're going to miraculously both come down together. Because this is my destiny. This is what God promised me. 
The, the, the world didn't give it to me, so the world can't take it away. God, I'm, I'm taking it up there, and I'm coming back down with it. And I know what's being asked of me. I know what I've got to do. But God, you've got to step in, and you've got to intervene. God, every time I've put my faith in you, you've done exactly what you said you would do and more. So why change our ways now? Even though I have this obstacle in front of me, I I can still be what God wants me to be if I just believe. I know what the circumstance says, but what did God say about it? Mark 5, they said the young girl was dead. That's what they said. But what happens when I put faith on? What does it say? It says she's only sleeping. John 20 says, Mary is crying and saying, he is gone. And faith says, I live. John 21, they said they haven't caught anything all night. Faith said, try the right side. And they caught too many. John 9 and 25, he said, I was blind. But faith said, I give you sight. I know what the world is saying. I know what economy is doing. I know what your friends are saying. And logic is right to say it's impossible to see cancer taken away when there's no cure. Logic is right to say broken homes are hard to be restored. Logic is right that more and more people fall into traps every day. But we must remember that when doubt sees the obstacle, faith sees the way. Doubt sees the darkest night, but faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step, but faith soars on high. And doubt questions who believe, and faith answers, I. I know tonight you may not see the full picture. You've been walking through life with faith. You've had it this whole time. You've been given the measure of faith. But you haven't really been using your faith. It's been there, and you know you've got it. And in those moments where, where it doesn't take much faith, you don't mind using the faith that you've got. But when it's extreme measures, you just kind of cling to it just a little bit. But if you would tonight, put some works with your faith. You can't put on reading glasses and see a 3D image clearer. You can't put on sunglasses and see it a better way. You can't use goggles and see it another way. It has to be the correct glasses for it to work. You cannot use something like faith. You can't use hope. You can't wish upon a star. You can't hope that magically something will work in your benefit. But you have got to get the real deal. You have got to get faith as Abraham and Sarah had it. You've got to say, you know what, I know I haven't always been right. I've tried to do some other things, but I've still got my faith. And and you can't use something like it. It's got to be the real deal. I can't trade it in for something else. I've got to have this faith. And I've got to walk by faith and not by sight. I've got to walk by faith and not logic and not by what makes sense. And then the image becomes clearer. That thing that God's tried to show me, I I never saw it before, but when I put on the faith, and all of a sudden everything starts to become clearer. I begin to see everything that God promised me. I begin to see what He was trying to show me all along. All of those times of doubting, if I would have just put on the faith, if I would have just seen what God saw, then I knew everything would be all right. 
If I would have just trusted in him enough to say, you know what, God, I see you're, you're trying to show me something here. You're trying to show me stars. You're trying to show me the sand of the sea. You're trying to show me all of these places that I can see and walk upon. But God, I'm just not seeing the picture like you see it. But if we could have that faith that says, you know what, I may not see it right now. But when I put on that faith, everything begins to become clearer. That 3D image that just comes out and almost grabs you. you. You put it on and you're just trying to reach out. I see it now. It's all coming clear now. It's coming to me now. Now that I see it, I, I'm trying to reach out and grab it. I, I don't know where it's at, but it's all making sense now. That's what happens when you begin using that faith that God has given to you. That picture becomes clear and God all of a sudden starts bringing it to you. And saying, it's yours. Just reach out and take it. Just reach out and take it. It's here for you. Don't doubt. Don't doubt your destiny, Abraham. I've promised it to you. Amen. Let's all stand across this place. It's amazing what life can do to you. It'll change your perception about everything. It's easy to have faith when you're a child. That's why the Bible says to have faith as a child. Because, man, you, you can believe anything. Though you cannot touch that 3D image that's coming out at you, those kids can't help it, and you'll even see some adults there trying to swat out whatever's coming out there to get them. Boy, I remember as a kid on the back of a cereal box, they'd have a, just a blurred image, and you'd have to put on the little glasses that came in the cereal box and have to stare at it just right, and it, that 3D image would start coming at you. Without the glasses, it just looked like a blurry mess. That picture didn't make sense. It just wasn't there. But the moment you had the right thing, and you began to look at it, that picture just began to magically appear. You thought, man, that's so cool. I promise you, if you would activate that faith in your life, you'd come in here and be like, man. That's so cool. It's amazing what God can do. But you know our life. We, we pray for people and they're not healed. We witness to people and they don't come to church. We teach them a Bible study and they leave the country it seems like. Like God what, what's going on here? What's going on here? But God has made each and every one of you a promise. He's promised you some stuff and you've went after it. You've done all that you can to, to obtain it. You say, I'm frustrated. I, I feel like the more I look at it, the more frustrated I get. God, you, you're trying to show me this, but I'm trying to explain something to you, God, that what you're showing me isn't adding up. God, the things you're promising me, God, it, it's not going to happen. It can't happen that way. And sometimes we make the fault of Sarah and we, we try to take it into our own hands. And thankfully, God still makes something beautiful out of our mess. But He has another plan. He has a better plan. Instead of us spending our entire lives being frustrated and just being frustrated with God when it's not God's fault. He's saying, hey already right here I know you can't see it that way 
I know you don't see it the way I see it. But boy, if we could. If we could step out of our, our minds and our fleshly bodies and we could see what he sees. That man on the battlefield that day, prophet said, God, open his eyes that he may see. God, I see it. I see the victory is already ours. But God, this, this image, it's a little blurry to my friend over here. Would you give him faith, God, that he would open his eyes to see that there are more that are for us than they that are against us? God, would you open their eyes that they would see, God, the promise that you have for them is just in their reach. God, I pray that tonight in the Holy Ghost, God, that somebody, God, despite logic, despite, God, all rhyme and reason, God, would say, I know what the facts are telling me. God, I know what the enemy is telling me. I know what my family is telling me. God, but I know what you promised me, and that's all that matters. God, right now I'm frustrated. I don't see it the way I need to see it. God, but I pray that tonight, by faith, God, that by faith, just as those in that chapter of Hebrews, God, that I would have faith. God, not knowing where I'm going really, God, but knowing that you're going to show me. God, that that picture is going to become clear. God, that I'm going to see it, that I'm going to know when it's mine, that I'm going to obtain it. God, you've made promises to us. God, but life has discouraged us. God, life has treated us poorly. God, we think you've forgotten about us. We think you forgot about that promise. God, perhaps in our own lives we have put it in a file in the back of our minds. God, because we don't think that it's going to happen anymore. God, we're just not in that season of life anymore. God, I know you're telling me that I'm going to win four or five hundred people, God, but I'm just not in that season of my life anymore. I don't have the strength that I used to have. God, I don't have the energy I used to have. God, I don't have the connections I used to have. God, but I know you promised me. God, I know you promised me. I know what, what, what my family's doing. God, I know, God, my children aren't where they need to be. God, but I know what you promised me. God, I know what you promised me. God, and I want to receive it tonight. If you've got a promise that God has ever given you that you've never seen, I want you to come up to the front tonight. And I want you to walk in that faith tonight, believing that God can give it to you. It may not happen tonight. It may not happen next week. It may be 10 or 20 years down the road. Maybe you never see it, but God's still going to give that promise to you. Maybe you never see your daughter or your son baptized in Jesus' name. But it might happen. Oh, God, we walk into that faith tonight. God, paint that picture for us. So, God, let us see it the way that you see it. Oh, God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, God, everything, God, is mine. Oh, I claim it tonight, Jesus.